Hey guys, we have an incredible podcast coming your way. We're going to teach you exactly how to look great, feel strong at your ideal body weight. How? By teaching you about the latest innovations and the discoveries about hormones, the herbs, the natural approaches that will help you to optimize your stem cells, your mitochondria. Please stay tuned. This is a show you must listen to. From Dr. Hans Steele. He spent 20 years in Africa, and uh, as he became famous because of the discovery of a special cancer affecting the salivary glands in children in Africa, he then became also interested in making some interesting observations. He was a man that looked carefully at his world. Let's... Uh jump right into the original doctor dr hans deal is speaking of dr dennis burkett who i met in person lecturing after his book he wrote in 1979 classic book eat right to stay healthy and enjoy life more how simple diet changes can prevent many common diseases including and by the way, this is a picture of coronary arteries of a one-year-old, absolutely clean. And here is a picture of the coronary arteries of an individual age 60. Tragically, and when we see the history, you're going to understand why. We're going to get right to it now. Let's uh, hear from Dr. Hans Steele. He spent 20 years in Africa, and uh, as he became famous because of the discovery of a special cancer affecting the salivary glands in children in Africa, he then became also interested in making some interesting observations. He was a man that looked carefully at his world, and even at stools. And here's a very interesting idea. You see, Dennis Burkett uh, noticed that uh, the diseases that he was trained to take care of as a surgeon in England, he just couldn't find. He was trained to take care of gallbladder disease, he was trained to take care of hernias, and yet these diseases were virtually unknown in Africa where he spent 20 years. He was actually stunned. Why do we have this disease differential. He asked himself the question, why do we have so much of this Western disease? That's what he called it. And we don't have these diseases in Africa. Why? Could it be related to the difference in the diet? In England, the diet is very refined. You have plenty of meat, you have plenty of puddings, you have plenty of refined foods. You know, this is the British diet. In Africa, very different. It's gritty, it's coarse, it's grains and beans. And he began to ask himself the question, could it be that the difference in diet could also make a difference in these diseases? And then something happened that changed everything. That's pretty profound. Dr. Dennis Burkett, back in the 1970s, was working in the hospitals first trained in London, but then when he went to Africa and he found that a virtual absence of most Western diseases. And by the way, this is documented here. Let's, let, let's take a look um, in, in the print here. It says coronary heart disease. Here, let's see if we can get that to focus in. Sorry, give me a moment. 
coronary heart disease. Yeah, I'll get that focused here. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Coronary heart disease. Maybe you can get that focused better. Here we go. <laughs> Coronary heart disease was virtually absent, according to Sir William Osler. And he stated this in the 1920s. They might find one patient suffering from angina and an occasional rare case of cardiovascular disease. However, it's interesting that in Uganda, after meticulous op autopsies were performed, 85% of all the patients who died, there was less than one case, one, of coronary heart disease was found each, each year among the 98% of patients who were African. Was it their race? No, because the same African people, when they migrate to the United States and they adopt our way of living and eating, these individuals, there we go, I got it focused. These individuals uh, are virtually highest risk of cardiovascular disease and coronary heart disease in America. Well, they didn't change their ethnic origin. All they did was change their diet. Now, you could say it's stress. And we've looked at the incidence of stress and other factors. And we know that there's other issues that worsen the condition, cigarette smoking, foods that contain too much fat, animal products. All of these issues make a difference. But let's go back to this interesting story about fiber, the F-word diet. What happened? He noticed the size, are you ready for this, of African stewards. Yeah, they were large, they were moist, they had a large base, they were apparently much heavier. And somehow, as you looked at the shape of the African stewards, they always seemed to have sort of like a little tail at the top. It was like one of these Hershey kisses, you know those chocolate things? Yes, because you see, the stool was moist, and he began to ask himself the question, could this explain some of the difference in the disease rates? Because in England, yeah, the stools were totally different. They were hard, they were small. As a matter of fact, he said, you know, they almost look like rabbit pellets. And he said, now, could I possibly relate this to the diseases there? And this then was the beginning of the discovery of fiber. And Dr. Burkett, particularly began to think about the problem of constipation. Yeah, he remembered in England, it was always a very kind of a painful experience. I mean, uh, people were always feeling relieved when everything had processed uh, and everything was out. In uh, Africa, people just it was a very simple process. They would do what they had to do, and it was gone. In England, they were sitting on the throne. Yeah, literally. They would read the Reader's Digest from front to end. I mean, it took seemingly time to get everything done there. And he began to think about this, and he wondered, how long does it really take for food to go from the entry point to the exit point? Okay, so let's, let's get clear. In countries that have the highest death rate, from cancer, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, hypertension, arthritis. They are constipated. When they take the food in, soft in, softage in, rough out. Small pellet-like pellets, like rabbit pellets. Little bullets, hardened stools. 
However, in Africa, Dr. Hans Steele is going to go on to describe what Dennis Burkett described to me in 1979, and that was in Africa, if you walked along the roadside where human feces might be evacuated, the Africans, Uganda, would squat. That's the first difference. Instead of sit on the stool, they would squat. Strong leg muscles, a little bit different interabdominal pressure, but they would evacuate, and it would be a large, soft stool, and so when it hit the ground, it would spread out and then form what's called an apex, a little tail at the top, almost like a Hershey chocolate, <laughs> okay? If you can visualize that. Whereas when Americans or Westerners or any culture that's adopted a high animal-based diet, dairy product and so forth, all that meat and dairy and chicken and fish and so forth has no fiber. So the fluids get pulled out of that food as it's digested. It gets smaller, 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 and it can barely get to the 32 feet of intestines, and you develop constipation. As there's constipation, it backs up into the what's called interabdominal pressure. Now, 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 now visualize this. If... If you give someone a basic meal and you look, for example, at, well, let, let's take a look at this first. It takes three apples to make one third, full cup almost of apple puree and a, maybe less than a quarter cup of apple juice. And there was an actual experiment in which people were given 10 that's right, 10 medium potatoes a day. They could eat anything else they wanted so long as they ate the 10 potatoes first during the course of the day. I almost call it sequencing. Eat that first, eat other things later. And there was no room for anything else. There was so much fiber, so much nutrition, and the individuals, all the men in that study lost weight. Now, personally, I like to evaluate women's response to weight loss. Men have more muscle density. They have a different hormonal balance, a hormonal advantage. And I really need some help because I have my new book I'm about to release on estrogen dominance. And I'm really struggling with what to title it. I've been thinking about coming up with this title for months, literally. And now I need your help. Uh, one, of the, one of the things here my daughter just asked because <laughs> I, you know, my, my original title, I said, could it be reverse estrogen dominance with advanced therapeutics? Um, so I was thinking about a title that some women are saying, wow, that's a great title. Other women are saying that's offensive. <laughs> so the older women are saying this particular title I'm going to mention to you is okay. The younger women are saying it's offensive. Okay. But here it is. <laughs> Fat female question mark. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying that women struggle with weight loss due to hormonal issues. And those hormonal issues are aggravated on the Western diet that most females in the United States are on. And so without enough fiber, guess what fiber does when it reaches the intestines, instead of being digested and fully um, shrunk down as meat or dairy would, the fiber remains bulk and absorbs fluids from the surrounding um, intestines. And that bulk attaches to bile 
which is made up principally of cholesterol, so it lowers the cholesterol level. That's a good thing. It uh, attaches to pesticides and chemicals. That's fantastic. It detoxifies. But the fiber, most importantly, attaches to unmetabolized estrogens. And it's estrogens that retain in the body that cause the most fat retention. That's why this diet is called the F diet. If you follow the F diet, you won't have problems with female fat. Look at that. That's three Fs. F diet female fat. Wow. How, what do you think about that? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to text uh, a, a few of the people uh, that are, are responding uh, here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, and again, it's not funny. I used to be fat too, okay? I was fat most of my years up till I was age 22 when I learned the reality of what's called nutritional sequencing. But let's go back to this fiber issue. I think it's critical that you get clear about this. I think we're having some fun now. But please chime in. <laughs> Let me know what you think about these titles that I'm banting around. If you feel offended or if you think it might open some people's eyes. I remember, wasn't there a, a, a book called The Skinny Bitch Diet? <laughs> I don't know. What is the transit time of food to go through the system? And he began to think about this. Maybe I can do an experiment. And so he approached the African people that were part of his patient clientele. And he gave them an experiment. They had some of these deep red berries in Africa. And he said to these uh, African people, I want you to eat those berries. And uh, then I want you to take a look at your stool. I want you to tell me when you find the red colored stool that he expected to be present. And he expected these people to come back after three, four, five days to say, Dr. Burkett, we found it. Well, he was absolutely shocked that within 24 hours, many of these villagers, many of these patients came back to him and said, Dr. Burkett, Dr. Burkett, we found it. We found it. It's red. It's there. No, he was shocked because he sort of remembered that in England, it would take about three to four to five days for the transit time of food. It would take three to five days before the food would actually come out again. What could make the difference in the transit time from 24 hours to three to four to five days in England. In Africa, fast, in England, slow. Could that be related to the problem of constipation? Could that be related to the moist stools in Africa and the hard, dry stools in England? And this led to the discovery of dietary fiber. And this led to the discovery of the magic of fiber. Fantastic discovery, the magic of fiber. And everyone ignores it. Doctors don't understand it. They never tell you as a patient. They would rather have you do liposuction. They would rather have you spend thousands of dollars for those procedures when all you have to understand is the following thing. Here's from Dennis Burkett's book. In the 1900s, we ate a significant amount of whole grain fibers from cereals. And we ate less fruits and vegetables in the 1900s, but we had a much lower rate of cardiovascular disease. In 1979, the consumption of cereals dropped dramatically, and the increase in fruits and vegetables proceeded. However, another trend occurred. Fat consumption went up significantly. From the early 1900s, fat consumption was very, very low, 
And then uh, here, if I can just get this to show you here, by uh, 85 to 90 percent of the calories were, are coming from fat by the 1979-80. Protein still constitutes about 10, 15 percent of the calories, but the carbohydrate intake dropped dramatically. Now, of course, Dr. Burkett knew the difference between simple and complex carbohydrates, but let's and he emphasized we need whole grain complex carbohydrates, not simple. But in the 1900s, here we go. Fats and oils and the change have increased since 1900 by 1980 was up 50%. It's probably up even higher now. Potatoes were down by 60%. Grains were down by 50%. And he, he includes parsnips, legumes, peas, beans. This is where all the healthy fiber comes from. So we have to understand that a whole food diet... And, and uh, Mr. E's mentioning, I've read that a wheat fiber diet is very anti-estrogenic, which it is. It, it sucks up all the excess estrogens and pulls them right out of your system. That, that's, that's tremendous, isn't it? Let's, let's go back to the summary from Dr. Hans Steele about Dr. Dennis Burkett, who I met in person in 1979. With all of its complexity, which appeared to be so simple initially, but it began to unravel as one of the key elements in the discovery of the cause of certain diseases of the intestinal tract. So guys, th th this, is, this is critical, right? We're talking about diseases related to the digestive tract. Here we go, listen to this. The famous surgeon Dennis Burkett is better known for his discovery of a childhood cancer, now known as Burkitt's lymphoma, than for his 1979 international bestseller, Don't Forget the Fiber in Your Diet. Anyone asked to list the 20 or more most important advances in health made in the last few decades will be likely to include none of what Dr. Burkett considered to be among the most significant. What was the number one most important advance in health according to one of the most famous medical figures of the 20th century? The fact that many of the major and commonest diseases in modern Western cultures are universally rare in third world communities, were uncommon even in the United States until World War, after World War I, yet are now common in anyone following the Western lifestyle. So it's not genetic, they're lifestyle diseases, which means they must be potentially preventable. Those eating the standard American diet have high rates of all of these diseases. Here are two examples. Similar rates of disease in the U.S. to the ruling white class in apartheid Africa, whereas the rates in the Bantu population were very low. These native Africans ate the same kind of three sisters diet of many Native Americans, a plant-based diet centered around corn, beans, and squash. In fact, it was reported that cancer was so seldom seen in Native Americans a century ago that they were considered practically immune to cancer. But what is meant by very low rates among rural Africans? 1,300 autopsy over five years in a Bantu hospital and less than 10 cases of ischemic heart disease, our number one killer. 
Their rates of heart and intestinal disease are similar to poor Indians, uh, whereas wealthier Indians who ate more animal refined foods were closer to those in Japan until they moved to the U.S. and started living like us. And you can do similar charts for all the other so-called Western diseases, which Burkett thought related to the major dietary changes that followed the Industrial Revolution, a reduction in healthy plant foods, the sources of starch and fiber, and a great increase in the consumption of animal fats, salt, and sugar. His theory was that it was the fiber. None of these diseases, including our number one killer, are common in communities where large, soft stools are customarily passed. His thought, was that all these major diseases may be caused by a diet deficient in whole plant foods, the only natural source of fiber. Fiber, in a survey of 2,000 Americans, over 95% of graduate school educated participants and healthcare providers weren't even aware of the daily recommended fiber intake. Doctors just don't know. If a floor is flooded, as a result of a dripping tap, it is of little use to mop up the floor unless the tap is turned off. The water from the tap represents the cost of disease, the flooded floor to the diseases filling our hospital beds. And medical students learn far more about the methods of floor mopping than about turning off taps. And doctors who are specialists in mops and brushes can earn infinitely more than those dedicated to shutting off taps. And the drug companies sell rolls of paper towels so patients can buy a new roll every day for the rest of their lives. To paraphrase Ogden Nash, modern medicine is making great progress, but just headed in the wrong direction. Preventive medicine is, frankly, bad for business. Okay, so everyone, does that make sense? Absolutely. Fiber makes all the difference in the world. And I, I'm going to give you a quick review it's so critical you understand this. Everyone thinks that fruits and vegetables are a good source of dietary fiber. This is quoted directly per 100 grams. That's like three ounces approximately. In cereal, wheat bran, Miller's bran, is 44% fiber. Whole, whole meal flour is 9.6. Brown flour is 7.5%. So percentages are a little bit hard to follow, but let, let me just go all bran, uh, 26%, uh, down to grape nuts, 7%. We're just, again, looking at the different percentages. Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, all under 2.9, 1.8%, celery, 1.8%, lettuce, 1.5%. It, it, it's really surprising to me to see how many people, if you will, um, think that eating a big bowl of salad, a big bowl of salad is going to give them a lot of fiber. It doesn't. You can see how tan I am. I've been at the beach today most of the day. It's just been a beautiful day today. But I look at people's blood under a high-powered microscope, and I want you to know that it's critical to understand that fiber, dietary fiber, is critical to get more. Peas. Here, take a look. Peas, boiled peas, have 12% of fiber. Beans have 7.4, lentils 3.7, and broad beans 5.1, So and dates 8.7%. Uh, so when you look at percentages, you, you get a certain story. I mean, I, I understand that. 
Here, let me let me turn this this cartoon uh, correctly so you can see this. What Dennis Burkett stated was that everyone is focusing on high tech medicine, and yet all the doctors are mopping up the water on the floor instead of looking at the cause. Let's hopefully this will. Yeah, looking at the cause of the condition. Turn the faucet up. Turn it off at the origin of these diseases. And you will then progress. There we go. Now I got it focused. You will progress to get to the knowledge of the seven pillars of health. Tune in to nickdelgado.com. That's nickdelgado.com forward slash coaching. If you start at nickdelgado.com, there's a series of questions. I, I, I just want to mention a series of questions that is open enrollment right now, and you get your initial session free. Take advantage of it. It's an amazing program. And then go ahead and transition over to nickdelgado.com, which is this site. And you'll scroll over, you'll see the coaching item options, you'll learn about the seven levels of pillars of health, hormones, detoxification, fitness, nutrition, behavior, neuroreprogramming, that is, the power of the mind, sleep, and advanced therapeutics. Please check it out. We have a number of incredible coaches. We've gotten fantastic results. And educators and doctors around are really excited about this program let let me just go back then to summarize what we've been talking about if we want to be healthy and 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 really embrace if i were to give you three quick tips to say here is the cornerstone of optimum health that is one of the ways we balance our hormones increase the fiber intake to at least 40 to 60 grams. My goal is to get between 80 and 120 grams, which is what primitive people got. But in current times, it's pretty impressive to get 40 to 60 grams of fiber. Just one medium jicama has 32 grams of fiber. That's easy. A cup of cooked pinto beans has about approaching 16 to 20 grams of fiber. Right there, you've already met your requirement for fiber to protect you from over 20 different clinical diseases, all the way from diverticulitis, uh, hiatal hernia, varicose veins, all of these things, and then coronary heart disease. All of these things make a huge difference. And I'm telling you, when you, when you, when you look at the, the realm of possibility and when you consider that, stem cells, blood morphology evaluation, cyclic variations in adaptive conditioning, high altitude, low-level low, low laser beds, uh, platelet-rich plasma, even stem cell treatment and therapy. There's some exciting things going on, guys, and we want you to be part of this incredible new opportunity. So this is Dr. Nick Delgado. Be strong, be well. I wanted to share with you on this incredible Tuesday uh, what's going on. And uh, please check out check out the testimonials. Hear this special video about the coaching. And you're going to learn about the seven pillars of health. I'm giving you the answers right now. What to do, how to be your very best in 2021. We're already 2021 and... 
we're at least a few months past New Year's resolutions. Is your health improving from this point forth? Are you going to make a difference in your health? Is this going to be the year you change and get the results you've always desired? You're welcome. I enjoy sharing with you. Be strong. Be well. Look and feel great at your ideal body weight. Thank you, everyone. And check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and watch for the short clips on Instagram, Facebook, DR, that's Dr. Dr. Nick Delgado. You'll be able to find me. And you'll, I think, be in store for taking your career to the next level, your relationships to improve. Of course, I'm the author of several books, including Valentine's Day, Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy, one of my favorite books to write, and the current book to handle the whole issue with COVID, Blood Doesn't Lie. Everyone needs to read this book. And certainly uh, one of my all-time bestsellers, Acne Be Gone for Good, another sign of not enough fiber in the diet, too much of what's called SOAP. I'm going to give credit to Adriana who said, no sugar, no oil, no animal product. S-O-A-P, the acronym. Okay, everyone. Thanks very much. That was an amazing show. And now I want to put it all together for you. How do you locate these incredible natural herbs, organic, the best, designed to help you to improve your hormonal balance, give you energy, help you to look and feel great? DocNutrients.com. This is our sponsor. There is a special quiz. Please take the immune system quiz, and it's going to give you some incredible feedback and ideas about how to strengthen your immune system during these troubling times. Be well. It's 2021 and we're here to support you. 